Surya Saha and welcome to the Insurtech Story podcast the platform to spread knowledge on insurance innovation digital disruption and entrepreneurship our website insurtechstory.com and we are available on Spotify Apple and Google today we will discuss on the topic how technology is changing climate risk insurance and for now i'm delighted to welcome our guest Siddhartha Cha who is the founder chairman and ceo of Arbel a global climate risk solutions platform focused on data driven parametric insurance in short sid is also a co-founder of dclimate the first decentralized climate information ecosystem prior to arbel and dclimate sid had over 13 years of experience in the financial services industry covering the interest rates and commodities in both quantitative research and trading roles He launched an agriculture futures trading portfolio managing over 100 million dollars at a major commodity trading firm and was the first analyst at a startup commodity hedge fund which grew to manage over 600 million dollars of assets. He was previously a vice president of interest rates strategy at JP Morgan. Besides, Sid authored the well-received book Interest rate markets and has taught financial markets at New York University and was also on the board of a non-profit working with inner city youth. Sid graduated from Harvard University with a BA with distinction in applied mathematics and MA in statistics as part of a four-year combined degree program. So Sid, a warm welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Um so you know talking on climate risk and how insurance uh, uh, can help mitigate or rather overcome any uh, sort of uh, damages out of cli- catastrophes or any climate risk uh, that's you know kind of occurring all part of the world nowadays uh, so you know financial risk brought on by climate change are difficult to evaluate and price So how do you see insurers utilizing alternate data sources real time analytics or even ai to better address climate change challenges and of course price such risk appropriately uh, yeah absolutely so when we think about climate risk across our economy um this risk has become pervasive whether it is uh you know local communities who are vulnerable to cyclones and floods or uh you know uh, businesses whose supply chains or revenues fluctuate uh, uh massively due to weather events or larger financial institutions who have uh you know uh, for example loans to the agricultural sector or loans to the energy sector and uh you know uh, mortgages lots of these areas of the economy are now susceptible to uh climate events and big with larger populations and more volatile weather these risks have increased greatly so at the same time uh you know there is 200 billion dollars of climate related losses every year but a large portion uh it's estimated maybe over half is uncovered by insurance right and there's a big problem that you know the insurance industry has uh you know uh, one is yes how do we understand these events because they are changing 
there's a lot of um, you know uh, there's a lot of new patterns developing in climate that the historical record may not give a good sense of the risk, whether it is the frequency of cyclones, whether it's the frequency of droughts, heat waves, many other climate issues. So one is by having better data sets, more granular data sets, mix of satellite and ground station data, um, more frequent measurement, you know, you can get a much better sense of what the historical and current situation is. Many countries in the world, many regions in the world lack uh, basic weather data. You know, many countries, there might be just one or two weather stations at major cities. And in those areas, it's hard to even model anything around climate if you don't even have the basic data. Once you have the basic data, the, the advent of tool, uh, you know, much more advanced forms of artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence uh, is not just for uh, recognizing pictures. What it's really good at doing is incorporating massive amounts of data to understand patterns. And when it comes to climate, we are now at a stage where the data availability and the computing power and the new techniques in artificial intelligence have become sophisticated enough to incorporate large amounts of uh, data from our oceans, from our soils, from our snowpacks, from uh, you know, large-scale global patterns like El Nino, to put them all together and to start to understand how our weather and climate may evolve over the next three months, six months, one year, two years, three years. And this can help insurers, uh, you know, provide better products and price things better. And that's, you know, how we operate is by using artificial intelligence uh, extensively in our underwriting. Uh, or, um, and it's, it's, it's almost entirely algorithmic to bring that scale, to, to be able to quote a drought insurance contract, a heat wave contract, uh, and, and, and a hurricane policy all within a matter of minutes. Right. Of course, you know, the world is experiencing the effect of climate change, I think, all around, including you know, storm intensity, drought, extreme heat waves, sea level rise. And as you mentioned, it's difficult to, you know, understand or rather predict what kind of risk or the intensity of the risk and how insurance actually can uh, help actually the financial loss uh, to be recovered. So, it's it's quite interesting to see how data and of course emerging tech like AI can, if not completely, but to a certain extent can help mitigate this risk. So, you know, more talking about parametric and of course is one kind of a, a, a segment of the insurtech insurance that has come up quite boldly. Do you see parametric model playing an important role in helping both insurers and of course its customers against uh, such climate related risk? Yeah, it's it, parametric insurance is a key to closing that coverage gap I mentioned earlier. Right. So if if you know uh, if you as if you have half of climate related losses having mm -hmm poor or no coverage, and even when coverage exists, uh, even in a place uh, where insurance infrastructure is pretty developed, like the US, um, you know, settling claims after a hurricane or cyclone 
can take two, three years or more for businesses. What that means is after a climate-related event, many businesses and individuals can go bankrupt yep. while waiting for the insurance claims check. So this model is very um, difficult to scale. Right. And what you need is data, not just to understand your risks, but to settle them, to, yep. to, to actually make the payouts. And that's the promise of parametric insurance, that you can have a policy anywhere in the world as long as there's data coverage. Yep. And that person can get a quick, transparent, um, and fair payment using a simple insurance policy that doesn't need a, a lawsuit or an adjuster. And that quick payment can help the individual or business get back on their own two feet after a climate event and get to rebuilding. And it creates a much more adaptable system. It also is far better than relying on things like disaster aid after the fact, which often is very difficult to distribute uh, you know, uh, uh, well, and it ends up costing more for the government as well. So by having parametric insurance solutions that can, um, you know, it's not necessary for parametric insurance to replace traditional insurance. There is so many gaps in traditional insurance Either the insurance product doesn't exist in the area, even if it does, the deductibles could, are only growing over time. And the insurance industry has insufficient capital risk capacity to put towards these risks. By bringing parametric insurance to a much bigger scale, you can have policies that cover the world. You can have new types of capital that help to underpin it. And you can have, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the better and better data sets um, make quick, transparent payouts so that people can get to recovering instead of fighting with their insurance company. Right. So, you know, for parametric, I mean, of course, it, it works based on some set triggers. So when you, when you talk about fair payment, so how exactly that would, you know, uh, fit in here? Yeah, so the, the reason I call it a fair payment is that both parties, before we enter into a uh, contract or a policy, right. agree on the data set that we will right. use yeah. to make the payment. And the payment formula is explicit in the policy. So both parties can put it into their Excel spreadsheet. Both parties can put it into a calculator. And the data set is objective. It's not controlled by either side. Yep. And... So, you know, and, and as the data sets have become much, much better, you know, when mm -hmm. we first started Arbol, the biggest critique was, oh, there's a lot of basis risk, uh, meaning the data might show one thing, but you have a different uh, experience on the ground. That right. difference has been shrinking rapidly as data sets get more and more specific. Like, you know, instead of uh, average temperature over a hundred kilometer uh, area, uh, a hundred kilometer zone, you can have temperatures that get down to a kilometer or even less. Uh, and satellite imagery can now get down to a few meters instead of a few kilometers. So as you become more and more specific on the data, that gap starts to vanish. While at the same time, traditional insurance has 
only growing basis risk. You don't know when you'll get paid. You don't know how much you'll get paid. And you don't know if you'll have to go to court to get your fair payment. Right? You have okay. to basically yeah. take the word of the insurance company that, hey, this is the loss amount that you're owed. And then if you disagree, yeah. you have to fight a very powerful company who uh, you know, is very experienced in that arena to get your fair payment. So the out of curiosity, uh, can, can you tell us when you say parametric model and how it can, you know, help on the uh, set triggers to give a fair payment, what are the technologies that actually works behind to make this happen? Yeah. So the, the great thing about parametric insurance is that it converts a very, um, you know, arcane uh, insurance infrastructure based around very manual processes into code, right? Parametric insurance converts insurance into code, uh, into software program. So what do I mean by that? Uh, one simple example is if it rains less than a certain amount for the month of July, the farmer gets paid a certain amount. Or if a wind farm, uh, you know, sees wind speeds lower than a certain level for, uh, you know, the next three months, they get a certain payment because they're not generating as much electricity and so on. So parametric insurance takes an insurance policy and converts it into these if-then statements. If this happens, then that happens. If this happens, then that happens. And it's just a stack of these if-then statements. So it's very important that we understand what the implications of that are. Once you have converted this to code, then, um, you know, one, pricing becomes very automated because you're basically incorporating vast amounts of data using an artificial intelligence system to say, what is the chance of the, these if-then statements being triggered and how much would we pay out in these different scenarios and so on. So that's on the underwriting side and our, our underwriting is uh, AI-based. Now, on the settlement side, the same logic can then be put into a smart contract. And what a smart contract would do is read the data in and say, okay, has these triggers been, have these triggers been hit and then make the payout to the customer. Um, and by combining these different technologies like blockchain and smart contracts and uh, AI, now you have a full system that runs with minimal human intervention, which, you know, greatly increases scale and vastly reduces the cost for the consumer. The ability to do these things on smart contracts and others also opens up a much easier way to build marketplaces where many uh, participants can share in the risk that brings new types of capital into the system. So it's just about bringing different technologies together to work, uh, you know, in unison. All right. You mentioned about smart contracts and blockchain. So. At Arbel, your team is focused on smart contracts and blockchain solutions to codify policies, right? And help customers with a faster claims payout. So can you explain this in a bit detail on how you know you do this and what blockchain can do to address climate risk? 
Yeah, so the fast payments part is something that I think blockchain will, um, you know, over time enable. But often, you know, blockchain is conflated with the focus on just payments. What blockchain really bring, brings to insurance is that transparency and ability of multiple parties to coordinate with each other in a much more efficient way. Right. When you think about what an insurance contract involves, there are probably six to eight different companies that don't trust each other necessarily from the client side to multiple risk providers on the reinsurance side who may be competitors themselves to uh, the you know wholesale broker, reinsurance broker, fronting carrier. And, you know, I can get into details about all these different entities and their their role, but most insurance contracts have a, a large number of parties involved. What blockchain, you know, at its core is a shared decentralized ledger that allows different parties to agree on a source of truth. And right. it can vastly cut like auditing and, uh, you know, um, uh, and, and, and transaction flow costs and allow. And the other thing that people often don't realize is that when, when you purchase an insurance policy, the insurer is rarely holding most of the risk. That risk, whether it's an auto insurance or it could be a, a drought insurance, that then gets sent to the actual risk provider. The, 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 the entities that will make your payouts are often not just one, but multiple in number. They're sharing risks in different percentages. And so it creates this very complex web of uh, parties facilitating a transaction. And so when you talk about climate risk and the gaps that exist, climate risk really, really needs new participants to enter the market. But the way the insurance reinsurance sector works is very difficult for new parties to enter. It's extremely complex the way it's set up. The contracts themselves are highly uh, complicated and require a great degree of auditing after the fact. And, you know, risk sharing is very challenging. By bringing blockchain into the fold, and by bringing decentralized infrastructure for data sets, uh, you know, by putting data on blockchain, for example, you have immutability. A lot of climate data gets overwritten. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's often uh, stored in different government servers with, um, you know, very different standards and stuff like that. So with DClimate, we built this uh, very clean data layer that's, uh, sits on decentralized servers that allows different parties to contribute data, but also validate that data. And so by having this infrastructure, you can then have a lot more trust on the data layer. And then by having, um, you know, very transparent, smart contracts that actually take the data in and determine a, a policy payment for the customer, you also bring auditing and transparency to the insurance layer. Yeah. So, so yeah. that combination is what leads to, uh, you know, where blockchain can go when it comes to insurance. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of potential that blockchain as a technology can bring for the insurance sector. Of course, there are, uh, you know, emerging techs like 
uh, AI and uh, there are many, many more coming up, but uh, blockchain and smart contract and the concept of decentralizations actually have a lot of, you know, yeah, and, and use for the industry. Yeah, and AI and other concepts plug in very well here. Yeah. You know, yeah. by having decentralization, you can also have decentralized uh, model contribution. So, yeah. Uh, different parties may have different hurricane models. Uh, currently, they are very expensive, and only a few big entities like big reinsurers can access them. True. By having it on a decentralized open source framework, now lots of different parties can submit a hurricane model. Uh, you, know, you can make the errors and the performance of the model very transparent. Now it creates a community that you know, the user has a lot more choice and a lot more affordability to price these contracts. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting times for blockchain and insurance indeed. Well, thank you. Thank you, Seed. Uh, it was a fantastic discussion and thank you for sharing your thoughts today. A true delight to have you as our guest. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure. And lastly, to wrap this up, thank you for listening and see you at our next episode. Take care and stay safe. Goodbye for now.